0: You have a concussion and you probably have glass in your brain. All
1: right, welcome to the Books We Loved podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today we are here with our friend Tenny from the Youth Services Department to talk about Hello everyone. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, to talk about American Born Chinese, the book series by Jean Lewin Young, and the new TV adaptation that's on Disney Plus. Um, Let's do a quick synopsis before we get into our regularly scheduled questions.
0: Okay, Olivia, I'm just going to read a couple lines off the back of American-born Chinese. It says, Jin Wang starts at a new school where he's the only Chinese-American student. When a boy from Taiwan joins joins his class, Jin doesn't want to be associated with an FOB like him, which is...
2: Fresh off the boat.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Jim just wants to be an all-American boy because he's in love with an all-American girl.
1: Okay, so there are some That's themes the gist of it. Um, about immigrants, mm-hmm. about culture, about um, and it's it centers. It's in a high school. It's set in high school, and it is a graphic novel. We should say that, and um, it is important to note probably that the story weaves between um, the sort of fable. And this high school setting, Mm -hmm. would you say that's accurate? Yes. Yeah.
2: It's interesting because there's three different storylines that kind of weave together.
1: Yes. So what are the three storylines? We have the high school. Mm -hmm. So the main character being um,
2: Jin Wang. And then the fable story, um, Mm -hmm. which centers around a monkey king. And then the third one um, is a character named Danny, also in high school, Mm -hmm. um, with
1: his cousin, Chin Ki. Okay. So we, yeah, so it's one of those stories that weaves multiple narratives together, and then maybe we understand them as one by the end of the story. Maybe. <laughs> so um, what are some of the themes that this book deals with?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest themes is um, like the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. And so our main character is Chinese-American. Um, and then one of the characters, chin um, Kee. Qi, um, is a caricature of mm. um, Chinese people, and so it's kind of interesting seeing that. Of like, it's it's all kind of like the racist stereotypes right. of what a Chinese immigrant is. I think it's kind of a coming of age, mm. like from the lens of immigrant experience, because like it's high school. There's some bullying involved, like mm. how to make friends, feeling lonely, some of like the to eggs. fit in. Yes, normal, exactly. normal
0: kid stuff as mm. well. As-
2: And I think that's what's really interesting about it because it's like, I think it's a very typical, like, high school story experience, but also with an added lens of the immigrant experience. So, how does that make it similar yet different, too?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Chin Key's character, um, which is a caricature of every awful stereotype that I'm sure um, Chinese Americans or um, Chinese immigrants have heard or had said to them. so I was doing some kind of deep digging about this, and I read this New York Times article where they interviewed the author about the book, but also the adaptation into Disney, and he was terrified um, when conversations started about Chin Key's portrayal in particular, he almost didn't want to make it. And the thing I wanted to say is we kind of talk about this, because it scared him and made him so nervous, I feel like we should acknowledge it, is just um, the author said he was terrified about, um, you know, what would happen with this, char- this character because it's such a caricature. And he said, um, he was quoted in the New York Times article, and said, I was always freaked out that if this was ever adapted, clips of that character would show up on YouTube, you know? And he says, um, you know, if it, what would happen if it was completely decontextualized and people saw it as an intentional racist depiction of Chinese right. people or Chinese Americans? And so I know we're going to talk about this more. It's very interesting how they. Change that character into something in the television show that mm-hmm. still gives you a, a taste of what he intended in the book. Yeah. Um, and we can talk more about that. I just had to say that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we start talking about things sometimes, when we lose sight of some of our friends maybe haven't heard this yet, read this yet, or seen the show yet. So go into it understanding that this was an intentional tool that the author used. So.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting. I made you shut up right before we started recording because I was like, "No, shut up, shut up," because we were about to talk about that article. Um, because I had mentioned that um, I brought this book home, and my boyfriend picked it up. And on the back cover, almost the only thing you can see on the back cover is a depiction of this caricature, and it's pretty rough. And he was like, "What are you reading?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. It's part of it. It's you know, by you know, it's by someone who's exploring this stereotype." Mm-hmm, and he was mm-hmm. like. I don't know. <laughs> it's an extremely Not in lo-
0: racist depiction yeah. of, it looks like any racist old cartoon I've seen from like the 30s, the 20s, when we were having issues with China back then that I can yeah. remember from history class. And I thought it was very interesting that he chose to make the book yellow
1: yeah, because that's
0: another racist kind of um, trope. trope, thank you, that we apply towards um, Chinese people.
1: Yeah, and it's supposed to be confronting that way and yes. the way that maybe um a graphic novel especially like in the world of print media can be because it is so visual and it mm-hmm. you see it and it should provoke that sort of feeling of what the heck is going on it definitely like it puts its claws
2: in you of like wait what is going on here cuz yeah. i saw like the back cover as well and then i was like kind of looking yeah. into cuz i never heard about this book um and then um i don't know if you want to ask or, like, you had asked the question earlier, I think, of um, why this book, and it's actually because Manda told me about it, and she was like, oh, like, have you ever read it? There's a TV adaptation coming out, and I was like, no, like, I haven't, and as soon as she said the title of American Born Chinese, I was like, okay, uh, like, what is this going to be about? Um, And just for, like, our listeners to know, um, so I know you guys can't, like, see me, but um, I'm a person of color, I'm Indian American, and I care a lot about, like, representation, and there can be good representation and bad representation. And so when I heard American-born Chinese, it made me definitely interested but i was also like okay where is this story going story going to mm-hmm. go um is it written by an author of color like um is it like kind of an own voices type of like graphic novel mm-hmm. and then when i saw that caricature i was like what is going on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah pleasantly surprised though like especially yeah. like you know like reading through the book and like seeing where that led and um it was very purposeful and i think also like it's very powerful when people of color are able to own their own experiences and Mm -hmm. so like for somebody like somebody who is um i believe the author is chinese-american correct and then he's writing like so for him to kind of create that character who is the the stereotype the racist stereotype i think it had a different meaning to it so
0: yeah he definitely i've i've read not watched I've read a couple of um, interviews with him and while it's not a memoir per se he said you know he has admitted that there are definitely pieces of his childhood and growing up and coming of age in this story and you know you can only imagine what he went through and what stories are actually real right even in fiction we always say even in fiction there's a little bit of truth from the author Mm -hmm. in there somewhere whether it's a character based on someone that they know or an instance in the book that they experienced. So Olivia, you did not get to see the show yet, right? I did. You did Mm -hmm. just the first episode as well.
1: I watched the first episode and then I liked it so much. I started the second episode, but, um, I I'm like a little bit into the second episode.
0: Do you want to talk more about, so we, we kind of mentioned Tenny, the three storylines in there. So there's the, you know, at the most basic level, it's the main character being the boy, which to me is it's funny. I read this when it came out. What? Like, I think it came out in 2006. So I didn't read it that long ago. I think I found this in 2013, 10 years ago. And I know when I read it the first time, the only thing I remembered from it was the high school experience. I totally forgot about the, like the monkey king and all of the gods and everything that have this whole storyline. Do you want to talk more about that? Do you know the history of that story at all? Do you know anything about I, I searched just a little bit like i just wanted to kind of get a taste for what it was so they do mention it i forgot to say i mentioned the new york times article it's called the high risk feat of bringing american-born chinese to tv it's by jamie fisher of the new york times and it actually came out this week this article is from may 24th so pretty recent it came up in my feed yesterday perfect timing <laughs> and i read this last night um The fable that makes its way into the movie, in which they kind of interestingly weave into the television show as well, but it's from a story called Journey to the West. It was a Chinese novel written during the Ming Dynasty, which was anywhere between 1368 and 1644. So hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the story has survived in Chinese culture. Um, it's It's based on a 7th century pilgrimage of a Buddhist monk. So it does have religious elements, spiritual elements, and um, it is seen in Chinese culture as um, kind of, um, it definitely has its roots in literary Chinese culture, um, but people in Chinese society think of it as a satire on society as well as on the bureaucracy in China. And they uh, folks consider it an allegory of perseverance, which When you read the graphic novel, or if you choose to just watch the TV show, if you keep the idea of perseverance in the back of your head, you definitely feel that in the graphic novel. And it's perfect, right? Any story about perseverance and coming-of-age stories, Mm -hmm. you always hope that the characters have it so they can stick it through and get past the worst of it. And it makes sense to me that... He would make that such a part of this, not only coming of age, but also growing up as the son of immigrants. You mm-hmm. would, I would think that that would be a big part of someone's journey. I, that's Absolutely. not my experience. I've talked before. I'm a white person. I grew up working middle class in the United States. So I have a very different um, coming of age story than Tenny would, than mm-hmm. Olivia would. So um, I love, I love this. Yeah. I love the layers, which I told you guys, I did not catch the first time I read it. So it's nice to do some research on it this mm-hmm. time around.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so Tanya what was your experience of reading the book? It was I think complex.
2: Um and I think that's where like Manda I love the first of all the word perseverance. I was like mm-hmm. latching onto that one. Um cuz I definitely think that's a huge part of the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. Um whether you've immigrated here or um, are the children of immigrants um you know perseverance is just a huge part of that. And also I think Manda you had mentioned like layers and I think it's interesting, and I'm also interested to see your guys' experience reading this book Mm -hmm. compared to mine, because, um, and this is something I've talked to Amanda about before too, being a person of color, first of all, we haven't had representation for a very long time, and even now it's very new, so that's why I love gravitating towards books that do have representation, and it's funny, though, for me, because I get excited, but I also get very nervous, Mm -hmm. because... I feel a lot when I start reading, and Mm -hmm. um, and that and that's kind of also where it's. um, I think it's so important to have these stories um, that are focused in like like real um, the kind of like realistic fiction um, because those stories are so important. They need to be told, and I'll kind of get into that in a moment too. Mm -hmm. But then also equally important is having just pure fantasy Mm -hmm. that doesn't have the racism or the trauma, and like just be able to enjoy um, fantasy as somebody of color. All of that to say with this book in particular, like even going into reading it, I had to kind of prepare myself of like, okay, there's going to be some things here that probably are going to hit me like right in my heart. And like and I have to like I I guess what I'm trying to explain is um, with books like these, I have to come in a little bit more prepared and I love it. But it's also like a tough um, feeling because It hits a bit differently. Does that make sense? Well, it makes
1: perfect sense. And I, sorry, Amanda, uh, I was just—it's different. But I go into stories about body and identity and plus-size women Mm -hmm. and stories and in coming to terms with your body, with also with that kind of trepidation, like this hope. Like you really want it to be good and you want that, Mm -hmm. you know, it to get it right. But you've been burned so many times before where authors haven't been, have been careless or they
0: They let you down in a big way. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) definitely where it's like, yeah. So that's my, my, I guess my way into that, into that kind of experience or empathizing with that is Mm -hmm. going in just like, are you going to get this right? Or are you going, because it is like a, a pain, Mm -hmm. when they get it wrong and you feel like the world sees you in this way that you hoped they didn't. Mm
2: -hmm. And I totally agree with that because, like, as a bigger woman myself, like, that's another, like, side of me where I'm like, okay, how's this going to go? And what I love about this book is because I feel like it was well done, Mm -hmm. um, but it was still painful because the experiences aren't fake to me. Yeah. Like, literally multiple parts in this book I'm like, oh, that literally is what I experienced. Mm-hmm. And like, and even with like the TV show, like I watched the first episode today and, you know, part of it, um, you know, some of the characters have an interest in anime and manga yeah. and like, you know, in, in comic books and these, um, like I saw like figurines of Dragon Ball Z. and Yeah, like wasn't that
0: fun when they do, they pan on his yeah. bookshelf and he's got all the like, Yeah, the toys and things that were super nerdy 20 years ago, but that now it's like, yeah. Yeah, which
2: I feel some way about. (laughs) Because that's literally like growing up, like I was ostracized for that. Mm -hmm. Like I was made fun of for that. And it's like, um, and I remember like, that was a lot of my elementary school years. And when I went into junior high, I finally found people Mm -hmm. who had that same interest. And like, some of those people are still my friends today. Yeah. Like, but it's so like, but that's where it's like, there's so Mm -hmm. many different, I feel like parallels where I'm like, that literally yeah. was my experience. And like, um, I don't know if we want to go like in like, particularly like some of the storyline, like yeah, sure, um, sure. hopefully I don't like spoil too much, but like just to give an idea of like some of the examples. And and that's why I think this was very beautifully written because I think it's important for people who may not have grown up with that experience to get a more of a look at what does that look like? Like we can say, okay, there's racism and um, there's bias and stereotypes, but how did that Show up in school life in day to day life, and that's what I really like the sh- the scenes of the high school experience where, like, when they're introducing um, Jin Wang, like where it's like he was introduced with a different name, like and, over
1: and over, right? Yes,
2: and like and um, same experience. Um, what was the other character's name? Um,
0: Wei Chen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she calls him Wei Chen Wayne. Wing Everybody Wang yeah. Chung tonight. Yeah. 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 She cousin
2: Wang Chung and I was like, that's not okay. Exactly. And and I don't know if you guys noticed, but not only the name being like wrong, because it's like and also mm-hmm. these are author- people in authority, right? Yeah. And you're mispronouncing their name. You don't yeah. care about them, their identity. Yeah. Not only that, but also the location where Jin Wang was like, Oh, he's from China. No, he's from San Francisco. Yeah. And then with um with Wei Chen Wei Chen, um, he, they said, oh, you're from China, but, but he's he was from Taiwan. Taiwan, right? yeah. Exactly. And and like, she- Taiwan
0: does not not want to be, if you know mm-hmm. anything about Taiwan's history, they do not want to be grouped in with China by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was going to say the same thing, tenny not to interrupt you, but where the teacher doesn't even ask, she just clumps mm-hmm. them together. You're both Asian, so you can show them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God, that seemed made me so uncomfortable, because I feel like people still did stuff like that. When I was in high school, 25 years ago however long ago it was
2: and that's what's like I'm about like 10 years younger and literally like and that's what I'm saying like multiple times I get core memories of like in the eighth grade for example a substitute teacher came in Mm -hmm. and my name is not like quote-unquote a very ethnic name my name is Tenny it's like you know like some other people associate like Indian names like Priyanka or like stuff like that and like and this is where it's like it matters, even if it may be different for you, it matters if you try, if you respect, if you respect somebody's, because, like, a name is part of your identity. Sure. And I remember this substitute teacher, she called me Teeny, And so I correct her, and I'm like, no, it's Tenny. And it, and she literally responds, like, no, it's okay, I'll call you Teeny today. What? Uh, and I'm like, no, and imagine I'm I I'm in I was in eighth grade. Yeah. And this is a person of authority. And like, and this is not a, an isolated event, right? Like where this is when I've talked to people in my community, like it happens all the time, even sure. now, like where it's like a name is too, um, too difficult for people. Sure. But it's like, is it difficult? Or are you just not trying? Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people of color, like appreciate when there's genuine effort, you know, nobody's expecting perfection. Sure. But you can definitely tell when like, and especially in this book, where it's like, they just didn't care these are yeah. two like you know um like uh, what they consider chinese people yeah exactly yeah. it's like oh group them together they're the same name doesn't matter
0: so when we started talking we talked about the three storylines there's the main character there's the chinese fable third storyline was
1: the stereotype Danny and yeah the
0: stereotype can i read this um the best descriptor of the character of chinky in the graphic novel. Oh my gosh, I just, sorry.
2: No, go ahead. I just realized chinky, like you know. chinky. I know, yeah. that's why I said the stereotype, because yeah. I can't bring myself Yeah, to isn't that I terrible? Didn't, yeah, I didn't yes. click the name part it. didn't of click it. until, oh until
0: when you went to say it, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah there's but so much it's stuff kind of to unpack. T-
1: oh. Mm -hmm. it's tough when it's that confronting our kids yeah but these are high
0: school kids reading it they might not I didn't pick up on this when I read it and I was 30 something yeah but isn't
1: the point to pick up on it like I just think it's yeah but some people digest
0: especially I feel like sometimes certain kids will digest graphic novels in a different way that's why I think this is good that it's a teen one because I feel like adults are more likely to read
1: it I still think hopefully it's catch risky. Up on this. I think it, I, and I think that's why you he think was it's so to beat nervous. you over the head. No, I just, I just think it's, it's risky. It's like, uh, we talked a little bit when we did Judy Bloom about blubber yeah. and how oh, I, I would yeah. never I have read that when I was a kid oh. because there was so much shame. Oh, I that. kept it at
0: home for sure. I didn't bring that in my school bag.
1: I, and yeah, and I just think about like a, like a kid reading this and like having, I just think it's risky. I don't think, it, I'm not saying it's the wrong choice. I'm just, I just always wonder, uh, like, when you're that confronting and you're um, bringing up that much anger in a book and and you use stereotypes in a way that you clearly know, you know, it's an own voices story. It's somebody who is sort of reclaiming and examining the stereotype and forcing you to look at it because it's something that was in our culture and we can't pretend like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I just still think it's, it's risky because there are kids who probably would never want to be seen with it because it's like you don't want to be associated with something that brings you shame. Seems like a certain, a, yeah. Yeah, and so are you missing your audience? It's sorry, I guess I'm trying
2: to understand. Do you mean risky as in like like Chinese, like people or people of color, like reading it may not feel like they can carry it around or that risky that, that others will use the same language and perpetuate the stereotype I would think of it
0: if I was carrying that in high school, I'd be like are people going to think I'm a racist that I have this because the back mm. cover
1: or Or so it's was, the
0: gross uh, caricature of Chinese people.
1: That, yes. but That then, would be my experience. Mm. But what I was talking about is, yeah, someone who has shame associated with being made fun of in this mm. way. And that's why it made me think of Blubber because I never would ever carry a book around with that title. Mm-hmm. Um, because... because it was like a red hot poker. Like, it was just something that I wouldn't have wanted to engage with at all because it would just be like, I don't want anybody to see me with this. It's something that I have such shame around that Mm. I just have to, like, kind of keep it in its thing. Maybe that's just how I was. Maybe that's not a universal thing.
2: Yeah, I I feel like there's validity in a lot of what you guys are saying, and I think that's also where we're all coming from different experiences. And even for those who are reading this and watching sure. this, they're going to have different reactions. And I can see that of like, because especially with like Blubber, because I, I listened to that podcast as well. I mean, being a bigger girl all of my life, like mm-hmm. I was, like I would never carry it around. I don't think I could even like read that book. I couldn't. Because yeah, cause uh. like, I just can't, I can't handle that, you uh. know? And even with, the, and that's what it's like, I was saying earlier yeah. with, I, I love representation. I need more of it as a person of color. But I always, that's what I'm saying, I always have to prepare myself before reading because it does make you feel a lot of things. At the same time, though, it's worth it. And I think, especially with this book, even though, like, um, there were parts, like, because sometimes, um, because another book that I had a similar experience with um, is Front Desk, um, which also deals with um, a Chinese um, immigrant family. And I had to pause it. Like it's like mm-hmm. I had to take a break because I'm like, ooh, I am feeling a little bit too much right now. Like, yeah. um, and so I think it, it's tough. But then um, if it's done well, I think it's important that we experience that.
1: Totally. You know.
2: And so, um, and then also like I definitely agree. Like where it's like especially like cause, I mean it was shocking. I think for all of us when we saw some of the um you know the drawings and we we're like, oh, like what's going on here? Yeah. But I think also kind of another lens to look at it is um, even now these stereotypes, these words, like and, like, even the word, like, chinky and, like, all these things are being done. Like, it's, like, I mean, if you look at social media, like, people, like, are still doing slanty eyes in 2023. I know. And it's, like, and that's why it's, like, I think it's also very important for people of color to be able to reclaim things and talk about it and, like, be able, and especially, like, you know, the way it was used here was very purposeful. Mm -hmm. Totally. So I think that's where it's, like, there's, I mean, there's definitely always going to be, I think, that risk of, you know, People taking it in negative sure. ways, but I guess in my eyes, it's like it's still worth it for the positives sure. and for the conversations that can come from these things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and um, I totally agree with that. And risky and making people uncomfortable and taking risks aren't—I don't necessarily mean those as bad things mm-hmm. at all. I mm-hmm. think, in fact, it's it's necessary for a story like this because it is sort of confronting. Like Absolutely. this is part of our culture, and you can't just mm-hmm. ignore it.
0: I finally found what I was looking for in yep. this New York Times article. So going back to Chin Qi, his character um, was taken out of the TV show in the way it's represented in the book for very obvious reasons. If you read the book, um, the way that they kept the sentiment of stereotyping Chinese people or Chinese Americans was... Very interesting. So I'm just going to read this little paragraph from the New York Times article. So it says, The Problem of Chinky, it's seen at first only in viral snatches on students' phones. Clips of a fictional 1990s sitcom called Beyond Repair. And I'm going to read, I wrote this phonetically. K. Hue, Quan. The actor plays the show's problematic comic relief character, the hapless Freddie Wong. What could go Wong is his catchphrase. Yu, who I think is the director, You has made Freddie Wong his own exorcism, an embodiment and part of Freddie Gong, the stereotyp- stereotypical bit part in an early Ryan Murphy show that was his first Hollywood role. The only way to defeat your fear is to wear its armaments, he says, citing one of his favorite books on acting. That's how you steal its power.
1: So I let's maybe explain that a little bit for people who might. Ha- so we're yes, talking have about not the sh- seen the, show. the TV show. Yes. Yeah. So they um, chose not to use the stereotype that Gene Lewin Young wrote in the book and mm-hmm. tra- changed it yes. into this sitcom character from the 90s. Yep. His who- name is
0: Freddie Huang. Yes. Freddie Wong. Wong. Freddie Wong. What could go Wong?
1: Yeah, who's a stereotype for sure, but in a different Yeah, way maybe he's like a joke he's a
0: constant joke like stuff always falls and hits him on the head and knocks him down and he says you know they make him seem very incapable of Mm -hmm. catching the American language and understanding expressions and things and giving him these really stupid dad jokes constantly so he's the comic relief in a very unflattering way
2: I think it it, um, calls to like where it's like ripping a person's identity where it's like you're not a real person. Yeah. You are You're this hapless, like can't speak English, while well, like comedic, yeah. you know, joke. You're like the idiot
0: jester. Yeah. Which is interesting because in the show, the main character is watching snippets of the show while he's at home on his iPhone. And so it's like this meta a show within a show. Right. Mm, and yes. so that is the way that they introduce the idea of that stereotyping the character. And it's interesting because I caught him watching it at the start of the show and then he's watching it later and he's getting more and more angry mm-hmm. because of um, some comments one of his classmates has made um, that was racist. And so I'll be curious to see only having seen one episode, how they keep that. In the forefront, in the back, I don't know. But yeah, so it was very interesting how they kept that in there and kind of paid homage to the books without taking that really intense experience from the books and putting it in TV because I can see that would yeah. be very problematic.
1: But why? Why is it okay in the book and not in the TV show? Hmm.
0: That's I a really think good I've, question.
1: Like inside I've, understand, like emotionally?
0: Yeah. But it... I feel like we invest in books different. I'm sorry, I'm speaking for myself. I invest in a book differently than I invest in visual media, meaning television. I shouldn't say visual media because books are visual media, right? Um, If I were reading a book like this and understanding the way he uses that as a tool in there, if they just had that character in a television show, I don't know how I would identify that they weren't intentionally being racist. It's, I'm I don't, not articulating this well. He does yeah, it, I think it's tricky. He does it very gracefully in the book where it's like, you know that he's got a point. And even the author, I said earlier on in the recording, even the author was really concerned about putting that character in a television show and having people misunderstand his purpose. Mm. I don't know what it is about the medium of graphic novels, but it worked that he was this kind of joke, but you knew that he was making him a ridiculous joke because he was purposely trying to stereotype. It would be really hard to take that exact character and put him in a TV show because I feel like it would have the same effect that Freddie Wong's character does. But the way that the kid in the show is watching the Freddie Wong episode on his phone and you see his emotion, it just worked and it clicked. Like it that's when I, it was like an aha moment. I got it. I knew where they were going with it, but still as an adult, I was like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. you just felt all the feels for that kid never having experienced racism racism at all you still get that like empathize. oh my god yeah you can empathize that he's like holy crap like this is what everybody thinks about me at school yeah. mm-hmm. that i'm this like ridiculous also how did he not go to that can we just pause for a second you can edit this. How the hell did he not go to the hospital when he smashed his head on the I glass? I wondered the that The glass who? broke. And I was I'm like, like and then you f- run into someone so hard. I was like, you have was a double concussion. That was the
1: thing I've ever seen. I looked at Scott,
0: and he was, he was like, I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to do some stuff on my phone. And then we were going to watch another show together. And I looked at him, and I'm like, did you just see that? And he's like, no. <laughs> Keeps playing his game. I'm like, oh, my and then God. then the
1: next scene, he's like talking to somebody in the cafeteria. I was like, your head is bleeding. But that,
0: that. I'm so glad I grew up before social media. The fact yeah. that they record oh it God. made it like a joke thing. I'm like, kids can be, so, everybody, people can be so cruel with that stuff. And the mm-hmm. fact that they like then turn it into this thing, I was like, Ugh. yeah. But they did a good job, including know, that, so. what's his face, Freddie Wong clip and making him like this joke. It's like that's when he's watching it later and it clicks. Mm-hmm. I guess the second episode he figures out who did it and he has to confront them. I read yeah. something about like the little... Anyway, sorry. Side note, but that stressed <laughs> me out. I was like, "Dude, you have a concussion, and you probably have glass in your brain." That like, was you that to go was gnarly. That, mm, that looked yeah.
1: really painful. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It was like a car. I crash, don't even know either.
0: how they like recorded that because <laughs> it looked so realistic. I was like, "Jesus, can we also cut this out too?" The kid at the beginning looks like Teen Wolf. I'm sorry when he's like running. Did you ever see Teen Wolf oh, with yeah, Michael J. Fox? Yeah, yeah. And they even see oh, that in no. the NPR or New York Times article. I'll show you. A
2: I was talking about Teen Wolf like. Oh, no. <laughs> the TV show? No. You yeah, youngin'. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm talking about the with Michael J. Fox. that came out like in 1986. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. No, that's like a hot dude. What You're do you think about the TV show,
2: Tenny? I think, um, and actually, so to your earlier question, um, like what makes it different, right? Yeah, so I, I think the big difference is the medium, um, especially when it comes to TV because, if they were, and, you know, like, uh, what was it, a New York Times article that yeah. Menda talked about, like with yeah. the author even saying, um, being worried about how yeah. Chinkee is going to be portrayed. And I think one of the biggest thing is because when it comes to TV media, that has been the portrayal. And yeah. what I mean by that is like like mm. stereotypical Indians, <laughs> right. stereotypical Asians. Yeah. So when you're coming in with something that's already been the norm and has been very detrimental, you know, like um, for a lot of us who are people of color or minority groups, mm-hmm. you're trying to bring this graphic no- the graphic novel story into that media. I think it's it was good and appropriate that they kind of changed it so it's not ending up being what's already been done, already the stereotypes, already, like this is all you can be as a Chinese-American right. or a Chinese person. Does that make sense? That's yeah. a really great yeah, that's yeah. a really great response.
1: And the story within the story gives you a little psychic distance too. So you understand mm-hmm. that this is a made thing. It's not yeah. a real thing Portrayal. that the narrator is like asserting is a real story of mm-hmm. someone's life. It's a it's an actor.
2: Yeah, and I like how you said that a, a bit of distance, which I think helps everyone evaluate as kind of automatically, this is problematic. Right. Like don't mm-hmm. think that this is this is okay. This right. is problematic. And then even as like Manda had said earlier. Um, with the main character um, Jin Wang like and I thought it was also interesting and once again I kind of like relate it to my own experiences of at first he's just kind of scrolling along watching it and you don't really see much of a reaction and even there's um, an interaction with some fellow students who are like kind of making fun of it and then they're like oh yeah like like it's fine right it's fine and he's like Yeah, and he kind of like started, it's like, yeah, it's fine. And it's so interesting to me because by the end of the episode, he does get angry because it's also impacting him a little bit more. And it just reminded me of experiences of you kind of go along to get along. And when there is like racism or stereotypes or these microaggressions, you don't really speak up to it because – of possible fallback because of people not understanding you because you're just trying to get along with people. Yeah. But I think a lot of us end up experiencing a breaking point where it's like, where either we get directly impacted, directly attacked, and it's like, or we just like, we can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was just cool to see the the TV kind of the episode kind of show that aspect of it too.
0: Am I remembering this correctly? So he had a really good friend. And then at the start of the school year, the guy wants nothing to do with him. And he basically, I think it's an Indian American kiddo. Right. And he basically says to the main character who's Chinese American, like, you know, you just went along with it and you never stood up for what, against what people were saying. And it's so funny because I was doing something else while I was watching this and I kind of stopped and I'm like, did I hear that? Right. Like, because that, I don't remember that being in the book, but again, it's this as an outsider, in in this storyline, I'm so not did not have these experiences as being the child of an immigrant. It's interesting to me that one first generation kiddo calls out another first generation kiddo because he didn't he didn't you he know didn't salmon up the stream and like go against what everybody else was saying because he just wants to fit in so desperately mm-hmm. he didn't call people out for the inappropriate behavior and that's why he loses his friend because he's mm-hmm. like, no man, that's not right So I thought that that was really. I I really like that they included that piece. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I feel like with that too, it's good to see both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Because I could could relate to both. And because part of it is like, you know, what we've kind of been, growing up what we were taught is like put your head down. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have the privileges and the ability to stick up for yourself or to say something and not suffer consequences. Yes. You know, and like, and... Um, so it's, that was like kind of a ma- mentality to grow up with. Um, and that's, why I think that ending portion was really cool too, because, um, what Jin Wang is saying, it's like, oh, but I didn't do anything to you. I didn't make fun of you. And then I think our, was it Ajun? I didn't catch his name. Yeah. I, I forgot his name, but, um, but you know, like an Indian American, he was saying, it's like, that's the thing you did nothing. And kind of that conflict in between even minorities of like, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, there's that tension too because there's just so few of us and it's, like, just trying to not get the consequences of, like, being bullied and being made fun of and all these things. So that's what it's like I love, like, in both the TV adaptation and then also in this graphic novel, there are just a lot of layers mm-hmm. that relate to the immigrant experience, to, um, to bullying, to coming of age. Like, I think it's very poignant of how it brings a lot of
1: that yeah. up. I was just thinking about... Um how universal that idea is of like you just you didn't say anything then I was going to say it's um, specifically intensely happening when you are in high school and that coming Mm -hmm. of age idea but that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. true at all Mm -hmm. it I mean that
0: I feel like everybody's been at a party at once where somebody says something off color and you just don't respond because you're like yeah I'm not going to pick this argument with this idiot and it's like but shouldn't you
1: yeah, and you because ne- you don't like
0: it's not right, right. but you don't because you just walk away from it. You're like, ah, I don't want confrontation. It's or Saturday. Like
1: your boss does something you don't. I mean, that didn't. I'm Why not did you look at me when it? I said your boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your boss. Say so like, <laughs> something out. You know, happens at work that you yeah. know isn't right, or you, you know, and that you have to get over that hurdle of basically putting yourself at risk to stand up for what you know is right. Mm. But yeah, and there is a risk in it. Talking a lot about risk today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I like how you said earlier
2: that risk isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. Because right. I think for me, I have internalized it as a bad thing but like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's good like you know you do need to take risk and especially for change and I think especially what you were just saying of like not saying nothing like I feel like for me I experienced a lot in college and actually with like friends Mm -hmm. and I look back and I'm like and I feel like I'm a much stronger person now than I was back then but there's a part of me that wishes I could have said certain things in certain opportunities where I was like that wasn't right but I didn't have the words or the strength to say it at that time. Yeah, But you know, now I'm like, okay, I, I definitely feel like I do. It's it's tough, but yeah, I think it, it's kind of universal in a lot of different scenarios of yeah. situations like that.
1: Yes. Yeah, and situations, yeah. And sometimes you're um, surprised in the moment, you know, if something yeah. happens to someone else, you you're like caught off guard and it's mm-hmm. that spirit of the staircase thing where later you're like, okay, I need to... Do you know the spirit of the staircase? No, I was... The, okay, oh. okay well, uh, what is sorry? Day? I thought this was Fill something you in. guys were like in on because
0: you're like <laughs> looking at her too and I'm like, Tenny probably gets this. Huh?
1: Okay. There's a French phrase, the l'esprit de l'escalier, which is the spirit of the staircase. And it's essentially like when you're leaving the party and you get to the bottom of the staircase and then you're haunted by all the things that you wish you had said or something that you said wrong. Mm. And it's the, yeah, that feeling of like... You, that little bit of time, and you would have had the perfect thing to say, but in the moment you didn't. Man. That's
2: <laughs> deep. I was, like, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> like all the time. All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> day. Um, we're running, I know we're kind of running on time, but um, I just wanted to ask because we've all only seen the first episode, what your thoughts are about them starting the show with the Monkey King story? line like when I started the show I I was like am I watching the red show because it starts with the fable story um and there's some really totally badass fight sequences that were really fun to watch just beautiful to watch right and um you also get to see Michelle Yao she's one of the goddesses um in that storyline and I'm curious to see how they're going to interweave this with the story where do you think the storyline is gonna i'm sorry how do you think that storyline is going to interweave in with the high school drama
1: well i'll just say i thought um i mean the the beginning like hooked me right away because i wasn't sure what to expect because i had read the book it was quite a while ago Mm -hmm. um and i i like you manda remembered it as like a high school story yeah but i loved that it started that way what did you think tenny I liked it
2: too. I'm I'm not sure exactly how they're going to tie everything together, but I thought – I have hope for it because sure. it, it kind of makes sense in a way too because like the way it is entwined in the graphic novel, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, like yesterday starting off with that story first um, compared to the graphic novel, but I think it'll still make sense. Yeah. And I think actually it was probably the right decision. I also think the TV series is very um, interesting and cool because like, I'm loving the action scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm loving like that there's this kind of whole other side that we're going to get into, um, which has to do more with like the fable and everything and um, with these action sequences. So I'm excited to watch the rest of it because like, I wasn't sure what to expect, too. And like I said, like even when I was like watching this, I was like... I was like, oh, my heart, like, where it's, like, a, yeah. a few moments where it's, like, ooh, that hurts, and yeah. I was, like, ah, childhood, but, like, yeah. <laughs> so I <it was> like, <laughs> so like, I always kind of, like, prep myself, but, like, um, but it was also, like, made me really excited to watch more, because I'm, like, oh, what, what's going to happen, like, how yeah. are they going to, like, I, because I, I always think it's fascinating of how do you take stuff from the, the source material and put it into this new adaptation, so mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how they are going to, Um continue to like kind of have these pieces and I think there's like eight episodes I, I'm not sure okay. so I'm like how are they gonna make it Like um, was, yeah
0: they're talking about season two really I, I saw something today on the google I was googling something and they mentioned um season two being mm-hmm. a possibility so it's not sounds like it's not set in stone yet but you know Oh, we should do some read-alikes really quick. That's what I was thinking. So if you haven't read American Born Chinese, we do have a copy here at the Troy Public Library. We considered a teen graphic novel. And for our friends who, I know Olivia mentioned it earlier, graphic novels does not mean that the content or the pictures are filthy or super graphic. It just is a medium. Graphic novel is a novel that has been told using pictures, cartoons, beautiful artwork, But you're still getting a full story or a full novel with dialogue as well as pictures. So if you haven't read it, if you've never tried a graphic novel, I highly recommend American Born Chinese. Um, He also has a couple other books. He has a two-part graphic novel set called Boxers and Saints about the Boxer Rebellion in the 1900s in China where um, traditional Chinese went after Christian Chinese and started slaughtering them. And he has his most recent that I can think of was a um, a graphic novel called Dragon Hoops. And that came out in 2020. That is part memoir about, um, I'm going to say his name wrong, Gene. Loon Young. Loon Young. Did Mm -hmm. I say it right? Yeah. Yeah. He was a teacher for like 17 years before he quit to just do graphic novels. So it's about his time as a teacher and um, highly recommend that one too. I didn't know
1: that. I would love to read that. Oh,
0: it's really good. It's a nice fat one. It's like three times as big as this guy. All right. But it's a quick read as I feel like all graphic novels are. Mm-hmm. So nice. Those are my thoughts real nice. quick. So
1: did you have yeah. any read likes or anything you're reading right now that you'd yeah. like to share? Time Sorry, Tim. Yeah,
2: no, no. Um so I have some um, read-alikes. And I know you guys have mentioned it on the podcast before, um, mm-hmm. the website Novelist. So it's a, it's a great resource. And to give everyone an idea of what you can do on this resource is um, you can type in a book that you like. So for example, American Born Chinese, and it'll give you read-alikes um, for these books. And what's really nice is when you click on the title and you kind of scroll down, it also gives you tags. And what I love about this is, um, so for me, being a person of color, especially trying to find books with representation, I think sometimes it's very difficult of Mm -hmm. like, what is the words that you want to use? And like, um, even like, you know, why did I like this book? Was it the representation? Was it that was funny, etc. And what's nice about novelists, it kind of gives you those words, and you can find similar titles. And what I also really love is, because one of the struggles of being like Asian is like Asia's a really big continent sure. and um and you know there is a difference between East Asian and South Asian and even within those mm-hmm. like two you know areas there is so many different cultures and communities sure. within that and so what i like about novelist is that it does break it down like i remember when i was like looking for some readalikes um i specifically clicked East Asian mm-hmm. to to find some um other titles so i just have a few that i um just kind of wanted to mention of um cuz i think it's important especially Um, I do think there is more representation nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there definitely needs to be more. Um, but you know, we're working towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you guys mind if I just, I kind of read off a few? Okay. So I kind of mentioned one earlier, um, Front Desk by Kelly Yang. I think that's the one that's like pretty popular. Um, the first book was released in 2018, And this is a story I'm centering around Chinese Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, Another book is um, We Are Not Free. That was released in 2020. um, And the um, people centered are Japanese Americans. Mm -hmm. Finding Juni Kim, 2021 was when that was released. Mm -hmm. And this is a Korean American family. Um, The Silence That Binds Us um, was recently released, uh, 2022. Chinese American family. And then um, a couple more, The Many Meanings of Milan, Um, And that was released in 2021. And that's Taiwanese Americans. Mm -hmm. And you are here connecting, sorry, you are here connecting flights. Um, This was literally just released this past month. Uh, We have it here at Troy. And um, what's interesting about this one is it's 12 young Asian Americans. So it's like East and Southeast um, Mm -hmm. Asian Americans. So I'm really looking forward to reading that book because I'm like, wow, like there's like 12 different like, um, you know, like, uh, variety <laughs> of Asian Americans. Um, so I'm really interested in, in reading that. But yeah, I just want to really encourage everyone to take a look at novelists. Um If you're a Troy Library cardholder, um, when you visit the website, like you can put in your um, information, and then you'll have access. Um, but I think it's just really great to be able to use that resource to find books that you are looking for, especially if you're trying to look for more representation.
1: Absolutely. Great. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, I'll add all those titles yes. to the list Yay. so you can click on it in the show notes. Yes. Um, I'll throw in one adult title. It's um, called Saigon. It's a book I read. Oh, it's called Saigon, a Misfits Memoir of Great Books, Punk Rock, and the Fight to Fit In by Foop Tran. This is a Vietnamese writer. Uh, I thought about this book a lot while I was watching the show. Uh, I re- read it, I think, last year it came out. And it's a memoir about the author's experience um, being, he immigrated from Vietnam when he was very, very young. And so his experience growing up, watching his father's experience when they're living Mm -hmm. in a new country and uh, the sort of things that he sees him go through, and then also um, the the american culture that he loves so he he loves comic books he loves skateboarding he loves Mm -hmm. punk rock he gets really into the punk rock scene and um i thought it was a really i think about this memoir a lot i thought it was really well written and pretty funny too at times so i will add all of those to a list you can find it in our show notes anything else we would like to say about American-born Chinese. Thanks, Tenny, for lovely. joining us. Thanks, Tenny. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed. it.
0: Services represent.
1: <laughs> services. We're, We're awesome. We're the best. <laughs> awesome. We
0: don't want to toot our own, own horn, but honka, honka.
1: <laughs> oh, you changed the sound. I
0: did. I've been trying out some horn sounds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright. Hi, nerds. Read all those books. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. You can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading.